This podcast contains swear words. Hello and welcome to Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne, a podcast about art making, creativity, not giving up and living well in the process. And although I'm coming from the perspective of a performing artist, the themes and issues discussed here apply to all of us, whether you consider yourself an artist or not. Life is a creative act. I'm your host, Tara Cheyenne Friedenberg, a choreographer, actor, dancer, writer, and educator living on the stolen, unceded ancestral territories of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish nations on the west coast of Canada. And today on the podcast, I have an interview with the Amber Funk Martin choreographer, incredible dancer, educator, and transitioning into becoming a yoga therapist. Amber really is an artist who is also a healer. And if you haven't listened to my first interview with her, which was episode one, if you can believe it, you might want to hop back and also listen to that interview. Amber and I talk about her transition, the decision to pass her company on to an emerging, young, incredible choreographer, Marissa Wong, and go on to this next really exciting phase in her life. But before we dive in, as usual, a reminder to please share this podcast, rate, review, like, all the things you do on social medias and stuff, or just like tell your friend next time you're talking to your friend spreading the word, trying to keep this podcast advertisement-free, except when we like to advertise for our friends. So things like Moro, my friend Zine's studio and shop, I'll put a link to that coming up soon in July. If you're listening to this July 2021, Dancing on the Edge, I'll be putting a couple films that I've made with my collaborator, Alison Bida of Amuse Productions. So we'll pop those links in the show notes. You can find out what's happening. And if you have the means, a donation, however small, is always super appreciated. It helps pay for the production of this podcast, honorariums for our guests, and also helps to fund our Startle Reflex Mentoring and Artist Residency Program through Tara Cheyenne Performance. You can go to our website, www.tarashayan.com, upper right-hand corner, donate button, or we'll put that link in the show notes. And just a little note from the studio or process process, as I'm calling it right now, as a ramp into the interview with Amber, I'm thinking a lot about listening to our bodies, listening to our intuition in our Western colonial culture, trying to change that, doing all the work to change that as much as we can. It's it's challenging in this, oh my God, I have to be so busy thing and just pushing through, not listening to our bodies, I think has kind of become the norm. It certainly has for dancers. I've been studying online with the fabulous Alana Kreveld, 
look for her interview as well. I'll put that in the show notes. And the idea of not insisting has come up a lot, of listening to the body, of being respectful of when the body says, no, I don't want to go that far. And I think creatively, in terms of energy, this is something we can listen to too. When there is that energy, when there's those surges of energy, you know what I'm talking about. I was like, oh my God, this is the best idea ever. <laughs> to, you know, try and honor those and not wait until there's like a work session if you can. Figuring out ways, and I think we've all been doing that during the pandemic, finding ways to maybe write, maybe record voice memos for yourself draw pictures, doing other things if we can't be in the studio. For example, if you're a studio artist, finding those ways to kind of grab the energy, grab the insight, grab the inspiration when it happens. But at the same time, when the fatigue comes, when the mind, the body need to take pause to really listen to that. When do you need to nourish your body? When does it make sense to go walk in the forest instead of go into the studio? Or what does a work session look like, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And sometimes a work session can just be walking. I know I talk a lot about walking. It's really, really important and connected to your to your mind or moving through space in, in any way that your body moves through space. Yesterday, I was in the studio with my child, Jasper, who also has an interview on this podcast. I guess I'm just like talking about everybody I've interviewed before. And there was part of me that was like, okay, I'm not going to get really any work done here because my kid's with me. And then I realized that actually just like sitting on the floor in the studio with my kid talking about his ideas about gender, because right now I'm doing research to gender, how we, how we think about gender, how we move through the world with these ideas imposed upon us about gender. And I realized, oh, this is, this is the work. This is the work. This conversation with my nine-and-a-half-year-old about this really potent topic is the work. Walking into the studio is the work. Deciding I need to take a break and have some lunch is the work. So with that, my interview with the fabulous Amber Funk Barton. Okay, shall we dive right in? Let's do it. Amber Funk Barton for the second time on Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne. <gasps> I know, I'm super excited. I have so many questions. But I'll just tell our listeners. So Amber was the very first podcast guest on my little podcast here over a year and a half ago, something like that. And now we have like thousands of listeners, yeah, which is so cool. Congratulations. Thank you. I feel, um, I feel like we got a little community of people talking shit or listening to other people talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> so... I encourage you, if you have not, listener, if you have not listened to the podcast with Amber, to go back and have a listen because she talks a lot about self-care and being a choreographer and a dancer and like kind of the trajectory of one's life and one's expectations, so many interesting things. And now here we are. And Amber, <laughs> you are at the precipice of a... Big old transition. 
Yes. Yes, I am. Right on that diving board. It's really high. (laughs) Thinking about putting on a life preserver before I jump. (laughs) I used to do that when I took swimming lessons. Did you? (laughs) When I was a little kid. Yeah. I had this thing. It's like I wanted to be a daredevil, but I knew at the same time I was such a little chicken. And in my swimming lessons, I would make the goal. I'm like, okay, on the last day, I'm going to jump off the highest diving board. But I'm going to only do it with a life preserver on, which is actually possibly more dangerous than if you're going to like just dive. (laughs) And I remember actually my swim teacher there and I'm up there and everybody's like, come on, come on. And I remember jumping, going into the water. And of course, there's an uncomfortable moment because I'm wearing a life jacket. But then finding my teacher and like grabbing on for dear life and almost choking him in the pool. (laughs) That's basically also where I'm at right now. (laughs) This is a place we will be in our lives. Yes. Many times. Many times. Which is kind of, it's kind of comforting. It is kind of comforting. Absolutely. I think sometimes we think like we're going to get over this one and that's good. Okay, done. I'm done with that. No, no, no. There's going to be more. There's going to be more. So I'll just like back up a little bit. So you have been the artistic director of The Response, mm-hmm. The Response Dance Company. Yes. Since 2000... 2008. Since 2008. It was established in 2008. Yeah. Wow. And I established Terrashine Performance in 2007. So we're parallel a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a, an idea from that point of starting this company mm. to where you are now, stepping down as artistic director, passing the company to Marissa Wong. Great choice. Thank you. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what she does with the company. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So take us through what's going on. Like a little snapshot of that <laughs> timeline. Ah, like what does that look like? I think it's just would be interesting. I know a lot of young artists right now, they're starting companies, they're yes. or like starting to build their body of work and they're looking at like ah, what does it look like? And I think like we were just saying, standing on the precipice, sometimes you think like, okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna make my company, boom, stamp, here we go. But it isn't like that, is it? No, well, I think it all starts the same. You're living the dream. You're doing all the things. You're applying for everything under the sun. If you're lucky enough, you're dancing with your friends or people that you really, really admire or inspire you. And I totally got to have that when I started and continued. But like I uh, launched my company. I also, in the same year, did my first full length work. I would never, you know, there's so many things I would never do now. I look back, I'm like, you crazy. But um, it was this very golden window special time where I just absolutely, and I still adored everyone I was working with. They were inspiring me. And I just felt we were all kind of like starting all of our own companies together and felt like a just super special time. And it was interesting at that point, all I could think about like, yeah, I'm starting my company. We're just doing the show. We're just doing the show and it's going to be amazing. And then the show ended like, okay, now what? <laughs> So then I just continue to work in a lot of things. It's like, I think all of us, like you make one piece, it gives you idea that leads you to the next piece and you start working with the same dancers, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it starts, we're off to the races, pedal to the metal. And I would say that is leading to a tour or so. And then from there, even like culminative of my 
professional career as a dancer in my 20s catching up to me. And then I got to about 30, sounds so cliche. So like 2010, a couple of years after and hitting a major burnout, even just starting my company. So then kind of in a sense, going back to the drawing board, like if I keep doing this, how do I keep doing this? I don't understand how I can keep going. A lot of personal kind of work going on in that, almost not even necessarily artistically, just like, how do I continue to do this? And then taking time to slow down, go back to the drawing board, rejig who I work with, see what is, you know, shaking things up, see how that goes. Wham, bam, let's just like bust out a couple more full lengths. <laughs> why not? Because why not? <laughs> just, you know, just be a glutton for punishment. Just, just see what happens. <laughs> um, and then from there, continuing teaching, mentoring. The company had the apprentice program for a couple of cycles. So on top of that, still teaching, still trying to do all the things, trying to do outreach, trying to figure out how to do outreach, realizing this works and this doesn't work again, and this doesn't work again. And at the same time, through all of this, trying to try on different management styles, realize it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. Going back to what's simpler, like I'll just run the show. <laughs> just I'll just wear five hats at once. That's okay. That's fine. You look really good in hats. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then I guess maybe about, I'd say five years ago, realizing like, even though I love creating and teaching, just realizing, wow, if I want to keep going, I don't think this is sustainable or this isn't even making me happy anymore. All I do is do a bunch of admin. And that's, it's more about like the amount of output I'm doing and not being compensated in a way where I feel like I can sustain this because I feel like there's no wrong or right in how we choose what we want to do or the structure that we want of our work. It's like, does it suit you? Does it suit you to do your work? And so just realizing like, I don't know if this structure actually fits what I want to do. Like I don't have a staff per se. I don't have an ongoing, I don't even have a demand really, if I'm perfectly honest, a huge demand for my work or just also me just kind of letting go of trying to set up a tour, trying to chase after the presenters, trying to do all those things, just like letting go of that. And then realizing like, I don't even know what I'm doing now. So kind of having the thought around a couple of years ago, like, well, maybe so funny too. Like I like perfect clean numbers, like maybe 40, maybe I'll let it go at 40. And as I'm like sharing this with my husband, he's like, why would you do that? Why would you get rid of it? You know, you, you built it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, trust me, I don't want <laughs> And not to sound ungrateful at all. You know, at, at the end of the day, that company structure has, holy cow, given me so much. Like I have so much to be grateful for. But then just realizing like physically, health-wise, mentally, like I just don't think I can sustain this anymore. And then once COVID hit, it just made everything that much easier to decide. It was kind of like this window where it was just like, okay, if you've been thinking about this and if you want to change your life, this is the window, this is the time. So then I just decided, I think it was about like April when we were in the height of quarantine that I told my board, okay, guys, I think I have one more year. We can use this year to start wrapping it up and I'm done. I've, I've had a great run but I think it's time I want to walk away. And it was so funny at that point, I was just like, burn it to the ground. Just get rid of it. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm like, just dissolve it. They're like, oh, and I love it too. Like they're just, my board has been so great through this process as well. They've been amazing. They've just been like, 
you know, and like Chris said it too, like my husband, he's just like, well, maybe you want to think about, you know, just holding on to it, keeping it dormant. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, I don't want to file one more paper. I'm like, I don't want to keep it alive. I don't want to do any paperwork that I don't have to. I don't want to file taxes, even if we don't make any, like, I just don't want to do it. I just, I'm done kind of thing. And thank God my board convinced me. They're like, well, maybe you want to think about handing it over to someone kind of thing. And I have to say, I am so glad that they got me out of my cranky, I'm done zone (laughs) and convinced me to do that because I'm so happy with the route that we decided to do handing over that company, because the reality is it just doesn't really happen in our, in our community very often. I mean, I mean, you're, uh, you're the only other person I know that's had a structure handed or passed on to them and then you make it your own. And, you know, I just, I, you know, I, I, there's, there's not very many mentoring opportunities in our community either in terms of like helping younger artists being like, okay, so artistic director, FYI, it's not what you think it is. Right. (laughs) You know, and even in my interview process, I I hope I didn't come off as kind of scary when I was interviewing some other artists to take over the, my company, but it was just like, I just want you to know the reality of what you're getting into, not to scare you off and not to say like, you know, hard work. I love hard work. Oh yeah. I love working hard, but I just don't know sometimes if there's enough conversations going around where it's like, okay, if you want to have a company, this is really what's going to happen. And, you know, I was also like, yes, I did want a company myself, but I always imagined it like even 10 years later, like I thought I wouldn't start it until I was like 30. And then at that time, it was because of the funding structures to make a long story short that I was kind of like forced way before I was ready, I I think back in certain aspects um, of establishing the company. Now, of course, the funding structures have changed, which I'm excited about, especially Canada Council, because I think it's going to allow a lot more independent artists to just stay independent artists and just create at the rate they want to create, which is kind of what I tried to do with the company, but it still had all that responsibility and obligation. And I was just like, I'm just project-based, man. Like, we're just going to stay there. We're not going to go towards... I remember one time looking at a like budget sheet or something that was intended for annual funding. And I was like, oh no, no. I'm like, we're not doing this. Like, <laughs> not even. Like, we're not even looking at it. No, yeah. thanks, but no, no thanks. Yeah. Even hearing about like Caddock, I was like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> like, that seems <laughs> like my life will be over. And like power to all the people doing it. I think I just maxed out at a certain point, just doing a lot on my own for so long. And I've realized, and I think I've talked about it, like I just, I'm just sensitive that way. Um, I've got a very sensitive nervous system. I get anxious quite easily and I'm noticing it more as I get older. Me too. A lot of those things are getting more intense. And so I'm just like, well maybe I can change. And the reality is through all of this is that I have fallen in love with teaching way more than I ever thought I would and realized, wow, I think I'm actually more of a teacher and a creator. I don't consider myself like this visionary running a company, like realizing, okay, I think I was supposed to have that experience, but that's actually not my purpose. I think my purpose is like teaching, holding space for people. Hopefully you're getting better at that for people. And I I just love the work of supporting people to do the work that they want to do. I think it's just really useful to hear kind of a narrative of where it started and, mm-hmm. and where you've come to. And I think 
So much of that resonates for me. And like you said, it's different now. Canada Council, there's more funding opportunities for people who don't have a quote unquote company. Mm-hmm. We're starting to move away from this kind of institutional model mm-hmm. that you and I kind of were just like, well, this is the way you do it. Yeah. And you have to have a board of directors and you have to do it this way and you have to have charitable status and all these things. And there weren't other options at that point. And it does require a lot of an individual. And it also within, I mean, we're very lucky in Canada that we have these funding opportunities. Like my colleagues in the States, I'm just like, ah, so sorry. That looks... Well, terrible. Um, <laughs> and, sorry. <laughs> sorry. But the thing is, is that words like sustainable, we do all these things and it requires you to be like full-time administrator, full-time thinking up the next plan, mm-hmm. full-time manager of people, whether they're dancers, designers. Yeah. And then I tend to put the art making is like, oh, I just do that because I want to. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. That's my hobby. <laughs> oh, that's the best part that it's hilarious. It's like actually the dance making or being in the studio at that becomes the, I'm using air quotes now, the easy part. Yeah. Like after you do all this work, you're like, oh, well, this is a piece of cake. We just make a dance now. I know. Meanwhile, you've done all this work. <laughs> It's not a ton of fun, but I do know people who love, you know, who enjoy writing grants and enjoy a budget. And I'm just like, hats off, bringing it back to hats. (laughs) That hat does not fit my head. But there's something really important about personal fit about, you know, maybe younger artists now and maybe even older artists. I I think of myself as like, maybe I can change how I do this so I'm not trapped in the same box you use the word, didn't fit me. It didn't fit me. Yeah. So thinking about personal fit and really thinking about your time and how much time you're spending on budgeting and administration and all of these things and chasing the gigs too. You mentioned that like, you know, you've got to build the tour. Advertising yourself. You're writing grants saying, please give me money because I deserve it. You're going to presenters going, please put my show on because your audience will love it, Mm -hmm. which they will. And I loved your shows. Such amazing feedback, but there's so much work to get it there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, so much work. All that's being said too, like, I do kind of nerd out because I do love to organize. I think we've talked about organizing Mm -hmm. and tidying. Like, love it. I do sometimes feel so accomplished when that little budget is zero zero like I mm, like mm. I love that you know like <laughs> true I've discovered this is going to sound ridiculous I'm like I've discovered text wrapping now in my spreadsheets oh. I'm like this is a whole new world <laughs> I love like color coding <laughs> I do love the first application of a grant process because for me that's like the first step of making what you're seeing in your head a reality it's like when I do this exercise it's like you're kind of manifesting that work you want to make and so that's always exciting yes and so like I have loved in a sense that admin in that that rigor and I do of course like we receive public funding from the government to make our work to have a career it's not a perfect system, but like you say, holy cow, we have a system. And so in those moments of frustration or exhaustion, like holding on to like, wow, I have places I can apply to, to make a piece of art. It's really crazy. And so that perspective, I would just hang on to that perspective to keep me going because this is a privilege 
it's hard work. And as I said, it's not perfect, but like the ability, if you wanted to, to make a piece of art and then to qualify through all those different systems, that's what's kept me going. However, at a certain point, just realizing like, am I doing this because I really want to? And I'm also privileged to have these questions, right? Not everybody has that ability to step away from things. We all have different responsibilities in life. And I hope I'm not coming off of just like, oh, I just get to do whatever I want because I do recognize that we all have different responsibilities in our lives, people to take care of, families, all those things. But for me, I'm just in a place where I can ask those questions and I'm privileged enough or just this point in my life where realizing like, wow, I do have this kind of window that if I want to change things, I can right now. And it's still scary because it's like I'm stepping back from something I thought I was going to do my whole life. Not that I'm necessarily quitting dance, but it's kind of like symbolic with the company a little bit. It's like the first step, I think, of a couple of steps that are coming of just transitioning into a life I haven't imagined, I haven't envisioned. Set aside being like middle age. I don't even know what that's about. Like, just like, how did I get here? I'm still 16. Oh my God. It took me till I was 45. And then I was like, yeah, I guess I'm middle age now. I mean, I'd been for a little while, but. (laughs) I just get like off on it. Like, it's just like, yeah, I'm middle age. And then I like wait for that to drop. I'm like, that's so weird. I'm 40. Like, it's so weird. And I think what it brings home to me is that really at a certain point, it really is just numbers. Oh yeah. Abstract. At a certain point. Yeah. It doesn't mean any, well, it means something, but it doesn't mean something at the same time. It's strange. I still kind of feel 25. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, my knees are noisier than they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing to flag that we do have the privilege of, of asking these questions, But it's also so important to think about like intentionality of everything. Sometimes they're really like small things, Mm -hmm. the intentionality of how I'm speaking to the artists that I'm working with or my family. Mm -hmm. And then the intentionality of, well, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Which is, you know, it is such a middle-aged thing. But I think when we're younger and I, what you and I experience, I think with these with our companies is just, Oh, Whoa, I'm on the, I'm on the train all of a sudden. I'm like, Oh, this is the way you do it. And people telling you like, Oh no, no, you can't do that. Oh no, you can't, you can't call your company that. Oh no, you gotta, you gotta, Oh no, you gotta talk to that presenter. You gotta do that. But now questioning things. And I think that's, um, that's for all of us. Oh yeah. And how, how great to, to question things. And then for you to start getting these answers and launch into a whole new thing. And I think it is really important because when we let go of something or retire, I think especially as, if I may, as women who are not in her 20s anymore, there's this like, and she's gone. Poof. <laughs> Where did she go? Oh my God, what happened to her? Oh, she got middle-aged. Oh, okay. Oh. And there's this like room somewhere where all the middle-aged yeah. ladies are. <laughs> but that it's actually like you're about to and are already doing some really exciting things. Can you, um, can you tell us about what's happening? What's the new? What is happening? The new, well, the new is doing a lot teaching. I even like decided only teaching I'm doing next year is going to be in Vancouver, no commuting out to the suburbs. So that, that will be interesting. But yeah, I, 
last year I got my 200 hours for yoga teacher training, like, sorry for yoga. Yeah. For yoga. I can't talk obviously this morning (laughs) to be a yoga teacher, to teach yoga, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. Oh my God. (laughs) So yes, I got my first 200 hours and it was interesting. That's kind of like, I can back up even, even a couple of years ago, I was really feeling like something has got to change. I don't know what it is. And I'm also so confused. And I think a lot of us may feel this way. Whereas if you've been dancing since you were like a wee one, like that's all you know. Oh yeah. Like that is all you know. And for me, I could only go back to the drawing board so many times within the milieu of dance of like, what do I do? What do I, you know, kind of thing. It's just like, it's just not something just feels off. I can't figure it out. And I'm very like feeling based. So it's like, I have to feel it in order to know that it's something that is right for me. And I kid you not, this sounds like so corny, but like I'm in the middle of a taking a yoga class. And like, as my arms are coming up, I'm like, I could do this. Like, I just have this thought I could do this. And it kind of like makes me stop in the middle of the practice a bit. And I'm just like, okay, universe. I don't know what that means, but like specifically teaching yoga. So I started researching a lot of things because I knew like I want to, based on my experience, I've, I've really been interested in like, okay, how can I help people feel better? How could I help people feel better in their bodies? How could I potentially help the dancers I know? How could I help arts administrators? How could I help all of us that make up the arts milieu that are always burnt out, always doing more with not enough. How can I make us feel better in our bodies and, and, and help us to do our work? So that was kind of what was milling around. And, you know, the first thought was like, oh, I'll be a life coach. You know, I'm doing the research and like, apparently anybody can just call themselves a life coach and you're a life coach. Like, No, I looked into that too a few years ago and I was like, this seems a little bit snake oily. It's kind of scary to me. I will say I do know a couple of life coaches and they're amazing. But this, you know, so this is just my own kind of research and I'm looking and then like the programs or training, if you will, that I see online, it just looks too corporate. Like it looks too goal orientated. It's not connected to the body at all. I don't understand the accreditation. If there is any type of training, I'm like, is this a like a moneymaker? Like I, I don't, I don't understand what this is. Yeah. So I'm just like, this is not sitting well. And then like, you know, I go completely the other direction. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll go back to school and I'll get a psychology degree. Don't even know what any of it means or what it entails, right? <laughs> I'll get a psychology degree. I'll be a counselor. They're all different. I'll just, I'll do it all of it. Right? <laughs> Help people. And then I'm like reading other things, you know, it's X amount of years and I'm reading like what the curriculum is. And I'm just like, this is too in the head. It's too, mm. it's too disconnected from the body. Now it's all thought in theory and case studies and data. And I'm just like, that does not make sense to me. I was just like, oh, and then I'm like going down and then I come across Twinkle Lights Yoga Therapist. And I'm like, Ooh, what's this? Uh, Like, this looks kind of interesting. And then again, to make a long story short, I do the research and I'm like, this is the best of everything. Like I have 20 plus years of movement experience, plus my own movement experience of things that did not go so great and things that were great. And like the emotions attached to all of that. And then seeing like a different understanding of the body more in depth, being asked to be responsible, understanding a bit more of anatomy, psychology, 
How do certain poses help certain people under different ailments? And that's where I really got excited, like to be able to take the stretching or the poses or postures or asanas of a yoga practice and apply it directly to someone who may be experiencing pain or discomfort in their body and to specifically tailor make a practice to help people to feel better in their body. And I was just like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I want to be so specific and work with people one-on-one, not just teach a class to teach a class, although I love doing that. But that's the step you take in order to do this work, which even when I did my first teacher training and um, there was one point where they put us to work one-on-one, immediately I was like, this feels so natural for me to teach one-on-one to someone. For a lot of other teachers, it was just like terrifying to teach one-on-one or like they just wanted to teach a class where I'm just like, oh, this is my jam. I love this. Like, And I was already kind of starting to do it when I was teaching dance anyways, like looking at a body, not just giving the random general correction, like really looking at that body and being like, how can I help that person understand how do I break it down for them so they can understand it's not as hard as they think it is or those type of things. And, you know, being able to work with maybe people that are older, people who have scoliosis, like, you know, the list just goes down of all the different types of people I could work with, all the different types of bodies I could work with through this practice. So I go to school like in a week, I start my first term and right beside me, I have all these (laughs) textbooks and I'm, I'm overwhelmed, but it's really exciting at the same time. And I've been getting a little bit anxious this week. So like just reminding myself, I'm like, you're not supposed to know everything. Mm. You're not supposed to have all the answers. Like, I'm just trying to remind myself. I'm just like, how are you? And I was very hard on myself too, even in my my first teacher training, which as we're all dancers, we're hard on ourselves anyways. I remember breaking down in tears halfway through because really the 200 hours should be rebranded as intro to yoga. Like, <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There is no possible way, even when I do this schooling, which is a three-term, three-year course, there's no way you're going to know everything, Mm. even like dance. And I'm just like, okay, so just take that pressure off yourself. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be perfect. Just go in with beginner's mind and just learn. Just learn, learn, learn it's okay. You're not going to know everything and, and, and that's okay. And it's also interesting too, as I enter this new phase of life, just trying to let go of trying to be, you know, this good, perfect mm. person, like yeah, just learn, you know, it, it was drummed into me from, from just being little and, and especially with, um, you know, Oh, I love you ballet, but it's just <laughs> like, you have to be good. You have to be right. You have to be perfect. In addition to that, I wasn't raised to be a critical thinker. Mm -hmm. I just accept, you know, you don't push back. A lot of my classical training, it's like, you don't ask questions. You don't push back. Also how I was just kind of raised. And, and so even kind of going back to like starting a company, it's like, you're being told, well, this is what you do. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So many of us come from that, like shut up and dance. And yeah, ballet, like love you, but it's not working out. It's not me, it's you. (laughs) Um, It's like the perfectionism idea too of like letting go of that and letting go of the kind of the institutional thing that we're all 
kind of been trying to fit into the idea that there's one way to do yeah. things and that you have to know this knowledge and then then you get the stamp and then you can do the thing as opposed to much more kind of holistic, organic kind of way of being that we are all learning all the time. Yeah. And we probably have more knowledge than we know we do. And there's that thing, you teach what you need to learn, which I think is such a, yeah, it's definitely 100% for me. Also, you create what you need to face or what you need to examine. And what I'm hearing from you is that, that, yeah, like kind of this entry into like a different way of being. It's so weird. It's very, very weird. I mean, even like what I'm still processing from handing over the company and it's like, I have these moments, I feel like I failed. I feel like I failed at my profession. I feel that like, you know, it goes into feeling like um, your work wasn't good enough. Mm. Um, to sustain a company, you know, and it's, it's not really true, but you can't help but feel like that as, as you're kind of going through the experience, you feel like I wasn't a good enough leader. I couldn't sustain it. Um, the hard thing that I, I struggle with is like, my work wasn't good enough. You know, it wasn't in demand. Nobody wanted to buy it. Like all those kind of things. I like go back and forth, but then also too, like what it comes down to, to me is like, yeah, but were you really happy? You know? And that's also too, what I tried to hold on to. I'm like, you weren't, there was a certain point where you weren't happy anymore. And even when I was going through like my kind of cycles of burnout, the whole thing would be like what I would come back to. I'm like, okay, so we have to go back and change the structure because there has to be joy in your practice or making the work or who you work with, because if you don't have joy, I I don't know if we can sustain whatever we decide to do, how we decide to make work. It's not always going to be like unicorns and like glitter (laughs) raining from the ceiling. I totally acknowledge that. It is our job or our profession too. Like I was saying, like I can feel it when it's right. Like I can feel it when I'm doing something that is true to me or yeah, that's the best way I can describe when it's right. Uh, that I'm I'm going in the right direction. It was at a certain point, and this was just again my experience. It was just feeling I was a hamster in a wheel. Yeah, and I'm like I don't understand where I'm going towards. Yeah, it's like so I make a piece, and then I make another piece, and then I make another piece, and then what? You know, for me, I just felt like, but there's something more. Like, and I love making pieces. This is what I couldn't wrap my head around. Like, I love making work, and I I love. I do love running an organization and all these things, but I'm like, there, there's, there's something missing. And for me, it's that connection of more wellness and holistic. And I think it's like taking the experience I have and like channeling it in another direction. So I don't regret anything. I have, oh my goodness, I have so many memories and so much that I can look back on and, and so grateful. Like I, I really cannot complain. I have had a you know, I don't mean this to come off wrong. I've had a fantastic life. I have been able to do things I never thought I was going to able to do. I never even thought I would dance as a professional dancer. You know, like there's so many things because of my lack of self-esteem from my training. I just never thought I would do half of the things I've done and I got to do them. So it's, it's all good. And then just realizing how can I take that and help and support the community or other people and 
also too, like what I realized, there's just so many people also that want to dance that are scared to dance or, you know, we kind of live in a society that's a little bit like, well, you're either a good dancer or you're not. And so if you're not a good dancer, don't even bother coming to dance class. Mm. And the reality is, is like, we are human beings and human beings are meant to move their body and express themselves. You see it reflected in so much culture around the world, whether they're happy, whether they're sad, there's a celebration. Like it's a, it's a, our base root is expressing ourselves. And I just feel like there's also so much illness and mental health that can be dealt with just through the practice of moving. It doesn't have to be complicated, you know, and there's, there's, specific sequences that we can do to help our parasympathetic nervous system to calm down, which I think after the last year or so, like we could all use. Oh, so much. You know, we're just in fight and flight mode all the time, even at home, being at home, not seeing as many people, uh, working with our families. Like we're just in fight or flight mode 24 seven. Our adrenal glands are just pumping out cortisol. Like there's no tomorrow. Like, oh yeah. (laughs) I also come from that background of more, you have to push more, even with dance, like you have to be sweating, you have to be sore, you have to be doing all these things. And now I'm at this place, even still trying to wrap my head around where it's like, wow, like you actually can do less and it's still a practice or it's still, you're doing just as much, you know, again, quote unquote work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be this fitness thing. Like fitness is many different things. Yes. Just as yoga is many different things. It's not about this kind of push, 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 which is how I've been, you know, trained all my life and still to wrap my head. I still get like, there's this little teeny tiny judgmental elf inside of me or like this other little (laughs) avatar where it's like going to a class. It's like, so when are we really going to do the class? Like, you know, like when are we really like, you know, there's that part of me that's just like, so when are we going to get going? Like, oh, I know, I know. We've been here, like I'm breathing, la, la, la. Like, let's just go, like, can we just do something hard? Like I go through that (laughs) narrative. Oh yeah. And it's interesting. Like you realize like how much your ego has been conditioned by a lot of things. And then what I've realized too, like how much I judge based on the output of a sequence or a class or all those kind of things. So I kind of went all over the place. I I love it. I love it. (laughs) You said so many important things. I think there's something about having a company in this quote unquote dance career. And with anything, the importance of, is it healthy for me? Where's the joy for me? That actually really matters. And I don't know that we've been socialized to believe that that matters or to take the time. Like in a way it feels like selfish or not grateful, but actually like, isn't it like the biggest gift to everybody around us to- to be joyful and to feel healthy and to not feel completely burned out. Or, I mean, I have that pathology. I come home, if I'm like really sore, got quite a bit of floor burn on my feet, maybe I'm so tired. Mm -hmm. I feel like, oh yes, I have earned the air I breathe. Instead of like, hmm, maybe we should question why that hurts and should it hurt? Yeah, that's what I love about what I'm learning, like the mindfulness And maybe it doesn't mean you make a bunch of changes overnight, but Mm -hmm. you're you're aware of how you're feeling. You're aware of what your career or what your lifestyle is, is how it's making you feel, how it's affecting your body. You know, there's many years where you're just like, you're on the treadmill and you're just, you're just going for it, which is, you know, I call it the hustle. Like sometimes you just got to do it and it's exciting, but 
I realized there was a certain point too, and I've done this in several periods in my life where I'm just not even checking in with myself. Mm -hmm. Do I even want this? How am I feeling? You know, how do you feel about even this particular instance? And then feeling, because I think of the society that we're, not the society, maybe just the environment that we're living in, feeling like you can't slow down, feeling like you can't change how to do things. And then there's also like, feeling selfish or maybe the guilt of, well, you're already doing something you love, you know, like you're already doing this profession that you love. And then it got to me at a certain point, especially the last couple of years where I'm just like, but I don't feel valued. And like one way we can feel valued is through how much we make in a year. I like, I hate to say it. Like, yeah, yeah. You get to a certain point where you're like, I've been doing this this long and I'm still making the same money as when I just started. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's, that is crazy to me. I see other professions and it's like, you get to a certain point, right? And it's like, nope, you automatically get bumped up to another pay grade, whether they're great at their profession or not. Oh yeah. Sometimes it's like, if you're a bit more mediocre, right? Um, you know, mediocre management, yeah. let's uh, get their salaries up. I mean, exactly. It's real. And I think, you know, it's that whole yeah. stereotype, but it's, you know, the thing we hear is, yeah, but you love your job. Yeah. And if you love your job, you should also be compensated for the time and effort and extreme skill for what you're doing. Yes. Because we all do have to buy groceries, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We all have to make a living. Yeah. It's just so interesting. And, you know, there could be the case was just like, well, maybe you should have pursued being an operating or annual company or all those kind of things. But like, and I did think about, I'm like, there was a point to like, I've been supporting myself already. Like I'll just take that next step and do the whole, like commit to those hoops. And then I'm looking into it and I'm just like, there's no way I can sustain this on my own. Or I'm just looking up of what's required and realizing that's not what I want to do. I don't want to do all these things that are required in order to maintain like a, a long-term or an annual or an operating. So then really feeling at this time, again, I think the funding structures have changed quite a bit, but then at that point in time, I'm being like, there's just nowhere I fit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Can I just, can I just be like project-based, but like be recognized that I have this wealth of experience or this, you know, I've been in this for X amount of years I'll say this like in very broad strokes, realizing that for several years, I've just been trying to shove a square peg in a round hole. And like, maybe the best thing I could do for myself is to walk away and see what happens. You know, in saying that, it's not like I'm exactly quitting or retiring from dance <laughs> yet. I still feel like stepping away from some of that responsibility. There's a little bit of fire in just a little bit, just a little bit of fire in me that's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice? Just one or two more projects where I could be a dancer. Maybe just be a dancer. I haven't had that for so long. And like not my own work for other people. Like mm -hmm. maybe just one or two more projects. And then I think I would be, you know, satisfied. And then it's just like, oh, studio <laughs> rehearsal. <laughs> but it's like, I haven't had time just to be in my body. Like that would be so nice to be an interpreter for someone else or yeah. even just for myself without that responsibility of like oh, I know. deadlines, all this kind of stuff. And all that to be said, I do love that work. But for me realizing... It's funny, I was talking to a friend about this the other day, realizing like, I actually don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I can do it, but I don't know if I'm very good at it. 
I can do it well, but I don't know if I'm the best at it and that's okay. And then also to like, I just think I was supposed to have that experience to do this work now. Yes. To have that understanding what a dancer is going through, what a artistic director is going through, what that manager is going through, like all the people in our milieu. Yeah. I I actually think the last 20 years has been all about experiencing all of it so I can teach from a, a different place that maybe other teachers may not teach from or have that experience from. Yeah, I think the last 20 years has just been leading me to this place. And I'm actually not maybe supposed to be this choreographer I thought I was supposed to be. Maybe I'm not supposed to be this like dancer. It's all leading me to this kind of like therapeutic movement journey. Because at the end of the day, I just I just want to help people feel better. Right really is what it comes down to. And I tried to do that through some, sometimes too much, like turn into dance mom oh, with yeah. my dancers. I oh know. my God. I apologize <laughs> to all of you in the past. We all need it. I apologize to all my dancers in the past, oh. holding your hand, maybe too many hugs, touching you maybe when you didn't want to be touched, <laughs> maybe sending a sappy corny card that you didn't need. We all need the Amber cards. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> novels to five pages later. (laughs) Like I get, do you need a snack? Do you need, do you look hungry? Do you, I I realize you're an adult, but. Yeah. I can't help myself. I know. (laughs) I bet both of us have been experiences where you've been in the extreme opposite situation and you're just like, I just want to know if like, I'm on the same page as you. Like, are you happy with what I'm doing? I think we've, probably both been in experiences as dancers where there's like no communication from the choreographer or the director in terms of like, sometimes all you need is a dancer's like, thank you. Like you're doing great. I honestly, am trying to figure things out. It's not you. It's me. Like sometimes you just need a very simple thank you. Oh yeah. And that's all. But it amazes me how often that actually, it still doesn't happen in the room. hundred percent. I think there's this thing like to loop back to what we're saying about like, there's one way to do things that we're maybe all as a big generalization in our milieu, I think in theater too, supposed to be doing it quote unquote, right. And then we're absorbed in that. So we're not giving each other the feedback, um, which I too, like I overdo it. I'm constantly like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. Um, (laughs) You're amazing. That's so important and so much of what's difficult about being in this ever-evolving art world, which I think is starting to evolve in a much better way, but that there's no, um, you talk about feedback. Mm-hmm. There's kind of not enough feedback or not enough feeling like like you belong, like this is a community and we're not going to you know, chuck you out because your last piece wasn't total fucking genius. <laughs> you just keep going. Let's all just keep going. It's not like that. There is a lot of scarcity mentality and kind of just feeling like you just got to like always writing grants, always trying to like, you know, know, God, I hope I get it. I hope I get it. I know. (laughs) It's all, it's one big chorus line. one big chorus line. Sorry to scare you young people, but it is changing. We do have a great community. And I think part of having a great community of dance artists and performing artists is that we have all different kinds and that the person like you, who is, mm-hmm. you're already a phenomenal teacher, you're still teaching dance and now you're going to be doing yoga therapy and you have so much knowledge and that's part of the fabric of our community. 
and that the dance community also, this is not a closed circuit, like it involves all the audience and all the people who are not quote unquote pro dancers. I always say my thing is, do you have a body? Great. You're a dancer. Yeah, totally. Whether or not you want to do that professionally, uh, there's some questions around that. (laughs) I don't know if it's a great choice for anybody. Sometimes it is, but for sure. Yes, dance. Yes, move. Yeah. And sometimes maybe it's just giving people permission. Like when we did do dance happy classes, that's what I really found. All people just need is someone to give them permission. If they want to dance, you just need to tell them just like, you can do it. You just break it down. And it was a lot of work, those classes, but it was very rewarding at the same time. Like class to class, having no idea who's going to show up. For some people, their absolute first class ever of a dance class, never done any movement before. You know, to see people's, I I have this one experience, I'll tell you, where I was teaching this one woman how to roll up from her spine, like, Mm -hmm. and she was kind of going the opposite way. And I'm like, oh, that's going to hurt your back. And I just kind of like guided her through that rolling up. And she came up and the look on her face was just pure relief. Like you could tell she felt so good. She was just like, that felt so amazing. And it's like, those are the moments I want to experience where it's like someone gets a different understanding of their body. And they're just like, wow, I didn't know I could actually feel good in my body, you know? And and it's not even about if you're going to do like a dance step or choreo, it's just like understanding and coming back to the relationship we have with our body, because we've all experienced whether it's very, very small or very, very large scale, all of us have experienced a certain amount of trauma in our lives and everybody processes that trauma differently. But the way we can come back to ourselves is through the connection and the awareness of our body. So that, that's, that's as simple as moving, moving and taking space. And for some people, that is quite possibly the hugest obstacle for them to come over is understanding that they are allowed to take up space, that they can take up space and that it's their birthright to take up space. And it's amazing to me that that is still such a, you know, makes me feel very emotional that like to the the sensitivity of some people just not feeling that they are allowed to do that in this world. And we all deserve to not question ourselves when it comes to those type of things. So even if I can just help one person feel better in their body, I'm I'm going to do that work so I can do that. Amazing. It's so true. You're already changing the world. Oh. Thank you for your words. Um, <laughs> it is your birthright to take up space. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I will ask you like one more question before I let you go into your sunny Saturday. Is it sunny out there? A little bit? I don't think it knows what it wants to do today. A temperamental day. A temperamental day. <laughs> do you have one or two really actionable things that you might be doing or that you would offer that are just helping you feel more creative or more alive or more comforted or healed these days that somebody could take and go like, oh, I'm going to try that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this happened to me too when I was going through my first cycle of burnout. And the biggest thing I do is I switch up how to be creative or like, what am I doing as a hobby in my spare time? So like going back to writing, I have a couple of, I'll say novels, if you will, that I've written, that I'm going like my own personal projects and going back to like reading for fun. So like 
I haven't been able to read fiction for a while and it's, I still find it challenging to read when there's so much going on, but like finding stories again and just reading fiction doesn't matter what it is and just getting my imagination going that way. So I find being creative, not in dance Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to go anywhere. It doesn't have to do anything, but like it really lights me up and sometimes it's too much, but it's like just things I can come back to. And then I've been finding going back to like just exercising, like jumping on a bike, going for a walk, getting outside. And so those are kind of the things like just switching up how to be creative and then like just actually moving my body. That's also not dance related to just try and get my head out of that zone a little bit. And doing that also allows me to appreciate dance again and to want to come back to it. So that's kind of how my my systems, how I, I deal with it. It's so good. It's like, oh, I'm just going to look at this from a different vantage point. Yeah. 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 It's really so, so valuable. What are you reading right now? I'm reading Mr. Mercedes by Stephen King. It's <gasps> really great. It's really, really great. It's a page turner and it's driving me crazy because I have to read all these textbooks, but I want to finish the story. But like, I'm such a, like a priority queen. I'm like, no, must read textbooks. But I'm just like, but I want to finish <laughs> what happens. So I'm trying to find out space or like maybe even just set aside, like maybe Sundays, I only read fun stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like just trying to, to do that. So that's what I'm reading right now. And apparently it's like a trilogy or something. So I've already got the next book sitting beside my bedside table. I'm like ready to go. Ooh, yummy. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. Just super escapist kind of. Um, it's more like crime. It's not like the usual Stephen King where it's like some type of supernatural thing. It's just like, oh yeah, the long crime drama. Um, which is really, I'm kind of into the whole, you know, serial killer thing. Like that's, that seems fun. (laughs) There's something so satisfying because it's, um, I think it's like a human thing. I'm just going to geek out for a little minute Um, because it's this human thing where there's extreme disorder chaos, detect, 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 mystery, 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 and then restore to order, which is so, ah, yes. Yes. And now, now I can go on. Very satisfying. So satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Amber. We will um, we'll link to places you're teaching. We'll link to... Yes, yes. I start a new job. <laughs> Yay! Yay! At uh, Common Ground Studio. Yes, yes. I'll send all of that info to you and then you'll have it. And I'll post them in the show notes. <laughs> all right. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Amber, for sitting down with me and talking about all the wonderful things, the hard things. So appreciate your words. Please get in touch. We're on Instagram, Tarashayan TCP, Facebook, Tarashayan Performance, or just an email, info at tarashayan.com. And if you can, donation is great, or just share the podcast. We'll put a link to donate or tarashayan.com, upper right-hand corner, donate button. Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne is a project through Tara Cheyenne Performance. Original music, production, editing by Mark Stewart. Be well. Keep making shit up. Do you need to take a break? Maybe you need to take a break. Do you need a sandwich? Can I make you a sandwich? This podcast is effing good. good.